0: There is a tendency in Christianity, and I'm a Christian, but this is true, for Christians to have more loyalty to their pastors, teachers, and organizations that they like or are a part of than they have to God. Let's talk about it. Welcome back to Good Monsters. My name is Cody Lawrence. On this podcast, we equip Christians to live faithfully in an anti-Christian world. Let's talk about loyalty and how a lot of Christians get loyalty completely upside down. So I used to go to a church a few years ago uh, for like a few months or maybe maybe like almost a year and the preaching was very poor. <laughs> There was one sermon in particular where I had an issue with the pastor's definition of repentance and it was very seeker friendly church. Like today, I would never even set foot in a place like that, but because I I know better now, (laughs) Um, but this was like right after the or like during or before or after some somewhere in the in the pandemic. And uh, basically, we just wanted to find a church that was open, you know. And so we started going to this church and it was like, ah, the preaching is not good, but maybe we can make some friends here. And I got less and less content with the preaching of the pastor, the more I heard it. And there was one sermon in particular, he was talking about John the Baptist. And one, one pattern that I had noticed in his preaching is that he would share the gospel sort of, but he would also share it in such a way to where it's like, you know, Jesus is on your side or, or. You know, Jesus loves you if you're a Christian or not. It was like, you know, the the church was probably packed full of seekers or non-Christian people. And the sermons were, it was a very seeker-friendly church, like I said, but the sermons were all um, kind of giving the impression that everybody in the room is saved and Jesus is totally cool with everybody and you're forgiven just because of the fact you're sitting here in church with us. Uh, And he never mentioned repentance, which I think is a huge problem. I think that's a massive red flag if a church doesn't mention repentance. But anyway, uh, the sermon series that he was on, he also preached topically. He didn't preach expositionally. That was another red flag. A lot of red flags. But the point is, he was preaching about John the Baptist. And I was like, "Ah, he has to mention repentance this episode. He's got to. He has to. There's no way around it. I wonder what he's going to say. And I remember the quote because it was so stupid. He said, repentance, he talked like this. He had this stupid pastor voice that a lot of pastors have. He said, repentance is not a pointed finger of accusation, but an invitation to experience something new. That's what he said. Now, yes, repentance is not a pointed finger of accusation. Right. That's not what it is. Repentance is the call to not sin. <laughs> repentance is turning away from your sins and living righteously. That's what repentance is. So he's right. It's not a pointed finger of accusation. Um, now, with a lot of these big Eva goon types, like this man was, seeker-friendly, you know, want to please everybody, wants to avoid anything offensive at all costs, They speak in this vague language that can be manipulated to mean something true. So, like, okay, repentance is an invitation to experience something new, perhaps, but so is everything else. You know, asking somebody to, like, asking your waiter to give you A certain item on a menu is an invitation for the waiter to experience something new. You receiving your food at a restaurant is an invitation to experience something new. A person being saved by Jesus is an invitation to experience something new. Someone going to hell is an invitation to experience something new. So it seems to me that if you say something that can apply to literally everything, then you're you're essentially useless. And so th- that's what happened with this guy. And And we who had been going to the church for a few months, we were kind of getting the picture. We were part of this small group and we asked the small group, uh, we kind of had a problem with this. Did anybody else catch that? And evidently that was horribly offensive to them. They could not handle the fact that we were questioning whatsoever. Anything the pastor was saying, there's more to the story. Maybe I'll share it one day. But the fact is, what he said was blatantly ridiculous and false. Now, a person could say, well, no, it's true because, you know, I'll apply it however I want to and twist it to make it true. But in reality, that is not what repentance is. He was avoiding the true definition of repentance or the guy was just completely ignorant. And in either case, he has no business behind a pulpit, (laughs) but That's beside the point. The thing is, instead of discussing the truth of the thing that he said with these people, they were very young in the small group and they had all like grown up in the church and uh, had this very strong, tight loyalty to this church. Me asking this question, it, um, it it challenged the pastor. And here's what I think their thought process was legitimately. Now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, flinging insults here. I legitimately think this is what their thought process was. And I think it's faulty. Uh, and I'll explain why. But here's what I think they were thinking. They think we go to a faithful Christian church. Now, that premise is not true. The The preaching was garbage. Um, you know, something like that was... The, the preaching was so often vague, you know, it was hard to actually pin down something that he said that was wrong, but I, I particularly had an issue with, with uh, the definition of repentance because I think a re- repentance is such an important thing that is often left out in churches. But anyway, I think their thought process was, we go to a faithful Christian church, which isn't true, and our pastor preaches the word of God. And that s- sort of wasn't true, You know, maybe sometimes he did, maybe sometimes he didn't, or it was some watered down version of the word of God was being preached, which isn't actually the word of God at all. And so if you criticize my pastor who preaches faithfully, quote unquote, the word of God, what you're actually doing is criticizing the word of God because my pastor infallibly preaches the word of God. So The infallibility of the word of God itself isn't, isn't even a consideration. It's not like, okay, let's talk about what, what repentance actually means biblically. It's what my pastor is saying is true, is gospel, is the word of God because he's preaching from the Bible, of course. So if you criticize what my pastor says, what you're actually doing is criticizing the gospel. If you're criticizing my church, what you're actually doing is criticizing the gospel. This also happens incidentally with Christian organizations like, let's say, or, or, uh, or authors or famous people. Let's say somebody, and I've had this happen, let's say somebody uh, really, really likes somebody like Jackie Hill Perry. And I have a couple of videos on her, one really good one with a gal named Lauren DeMoss. Uh, just in case you wanted another perspective on this and not just mine, if you think I'm biased. But anyway, go check out those videos and look in the comment section on YouTube if you want to see some of the most ridiculous stuff ever and a perfect example of the thing that I'm talking about. Let's say somebody likes somebody who they shouldn't, like Jackie Hill Perry, and you criticize her. They basically think you're not even a Christian. (laughs) Because Jackie Hill Perry faithfully preaches the gospel. And so if you criticize her, you're basically criticizing the gospel. You're not even a Christian because you can't be a Christian if you disagree with the gospel. And that's, that's exclusively what somebody like Jackie Hill Perry preaches. This can happen with other famous people can happen with authors. It can happen with denominations. You disagree with the thing that my denomination is doing, say the SBC, or you disagree with something that this seminary is doing like, say, Southern Baptist seminaries, Southeastern, Midwestern, Southern. Therefore, you are not just criticizing the seminary, which in reality, if I criticize a thing, I'm just criticizing the thing. It's not bigger than that. You know, and that's that's how reasonable people's minds work. But somebody who has this unhealthy loyalty to something disordered, they will think... If you attack this seminary that I go to, you're attacking the gospel. You're attacking the good work that this seminary is doing. And and sure, like, you know, uh, Joel Osteen's church does good stuff. Stephen Furtick's church does good stuff. It does not make them a good church. So if, if a person is to criticize Stephen Furtick and Elevation Church or the music that they produce you can't just say what what? you're just disregarding all of the good stuff that this church is doing. Absolutely not. Who cares? Like I'm, I'm focusing on this one specific idea, but again, with, with a lot, I mean, and it can happen with, with people in churches with bad doctrine ultimately, uh, or it can even happen with the educated, In fact, it happens in my experience more often with the educated. It brings to mind something that happened in the book, that hideous strength by C.S. Lewis. And there was a portion of the book where the main character was writing, um, propaganda. And he, he says like, ah, these, you know, the people, they can't possibly be stupid enough to believe this stuff. It's just lies. Uh, you know the the educated people certainly will see through this, and then the the woman who is overseeing him, her, her name is Hardcastle. She says something like, "No, actually, it's the it's the educated people who fall for it the most." George Orwell said had a quote that I read the other day, and it said something like, um, "Some things are so stupid only educated people believe them." <laughs> so in other words, it seems like this this stuff can happen in the academic world more than anywhere else, which incidentally is probably why we've seen all of these biased studies and, um, uh, how do I say it? A lot of bias coming from this, the scientific and academic community about the events of the past couple of years, right? These are supposedly smart people, but they are making some of the stupidest choices in the world. And they're pushing some of the stupidest things. And you you might want to think a lot of these people are evil. And I think that's true in a lot of cases. A lot of these people who are pushing a lot of these bad things in the world, in in uh, in politics, a lot of them absolutely are evil. But I think in a lot of situations, a lot of them are just totally ignorant. And they've actually bought into these things. They actually think they're doing the right thing. People actually think that their church is so faithful or their seminary or whatever is so faithful that they're they are they're so faithfully doing good works of God and they're so faithfully doing the right thing that if you criticize them, you're actually criticizing the gospel. You're criticizing God. But hopefully you can see how that is a totally upside down picture of what we are supposed to be loyal to. Here's the thing. I like certain churches. I like certain pastors and certain teachers. And if you were to criticize the teachers that I like, and incidentally, the teachers that I like get a ton of criticism. Do you know what my response is? Like if somebody, if I meet somebody new and they ask me, what do you, what book are you reading? And I tell them, oh, I'm reading a book by say Doug Wilson. And they're like, oh, Doug Wilson, you know, he's a heretic, blah, 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 whatever. You know what my response is? It's not animosity. It's not angry defense. Like, oh, I got to defend Doug Wilson because if you attack Doug Wilson, you're attacking the gospel. Ridiculous. I don't care. If you were to attack Doug Wilson, you know, that doesn't bother me. I think it's kind of sad when people do that. I think it's sad when people attack faithful teachers. And, you know, if I were a part of a faithful church and somebody attacked my church, you know, I would be upset maybe a little bit. And I would try to maybe convince them otherwise. But I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that they're some kind of heretic or that they're being unfaithful. Because if we just disagree with somebody about something, it's okay. That doesn't matter. doesn't matter one bit. So I think the proper response the the proper response that a Christian ought to have when something that they have any amount of loyalty to is, is attacked is that they shouldn't really care because we are not loyal, ultimately, to organizations or teachers or authors or whatever. We're loyal to God. We're loyal to the truth. And so if there's any kind of disagreement or conflict that you find yourself in, you want to get to the truth of the thing. And then often, I mean, if you do actually find yourself in a situation where you're having conflict about a thing like this, uh, it's very likely that the other person isn't actually concerned about the truth. So, In which case, you know, you could, they could kick rocks. It doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect your living faithfully. So I don't know if you've experience this personally or not, but it's something to watch out for and I think it's very common because yeah I mean a lot of places that I have personally interacted with over the past many years uh have done that. And and incidentally it seems like it it can happen anywhere. It happens in the really small churches. Like I worked at a church a few years back and they had these traditions and some of the traditions were silly traditions like i well it's stupid stuff like we we've always had the chairs here in this position and you can't move the chairs because that's not the way we do things you know things like that like stupid stuff stuff in in old people churches you know uh and they they held so tightly some traditions are are good traditions, and I don't think that it's a reasonable thing to do to uh, to combat traditions just for the sake of combating traditions. Because I'm all for tradition. You know, tradition is a, a wonderful and good thing. But if if the things you are loyal to, including traditions, hinder or are disordered in some way from your loyalty to better things, then we need to reevaluate what's going on there. So again, if you if you encounter a situation like that, you know, you shouldn't be hurt. It, you know, I, I know the people who listen to this podcast, they're probably very loyal, probably to fewer people than the broader evangelical community, because we realize a lot of them just can't be trusted. So we have a greater loyalty to a smaller group of people when, you know, when I was younger, I would see just some Christian author on the bookshelf and I'd think, "Ah, he's probably a good guy. But now I think exactly the opposite. If I see a Christian author on the bookshelf, I think he's probably, he's probably not a good guy, (laughs) but it's like, you know, maybe I, I, I don't trust him unless I have a reason to otherwise, because I've had so many experiences of, of, uh, people who are popular being untrustworthy in the end. So if that's you, if you have loyalty to pastors, teachers, organizations, whatever, and it's okay to do that. But if you do make sure that you are loyal, just this much to those things, not, not much at all. If, if truth is If somebody is offering some kind of disagreement with you and you value truth over loyalty to the thing that you like, it shouldn't emotionally affect you very much. I don't think you should be able to have a reasonable conversation. If in fact, a reasonable conversation can be had with these people. And then, you know, if you have a reasonable conversation and you convince them that they're wrong, you win your brother. But if not, then you don't lose anything. The, the organization that you're a part of, the, the teacher you like, whatever, they're not hurt. You know, doesn't matter. So take that to heart. Hope you enjoyed this episode and hope you learned something. Hope I gave you something to think about. And I'll catch you in the next one. God bless.